Let's get it. Welcome to the A1 Podcast. It's your host, Asif Ali. I'm joined by today's guest, semi-pro and arena football player, the one, the only, Evan Van Cly. How, How are you doing, doing today, Evan? Man, I'm doing freaking awesome. Yes, sir. You yes, sir. How, how blessed I feel to be on this right now. 100%, man. You know, you're closing out this week's lineup, which means you're the GOAT. I mean, these don't mean anything, so don't so pay no mind to this. I show every guest this. I'm very gluttonous. So I don't give a fuck. So anyways, no, welcome man. to my show. <laughs> hey, so, I, yes. Myself, I just never bought them. You, you should have brought them, bro. What the fuck? Nah, it's a lot of money. That would have been like 900 bucks in rings. Oh, fuck that. No, dude. Don't be spending that kind of money. Make your yeah. own. Actually, you exactly. can't do that. You can't make your own. Never mind. <laughs> unless 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 you're like a fucking welder bro and then you can just be like yo dude like i'm making my own like jewelry line and these are gonna right. be like my first my championship rings are like my first concept and then you come they make necklaces and shit and you're right. fucking like you know and then like tatted chain bro oh bro like biker chains like you know fucking undertaker dude like like the undertaker the like, biker chain match except he's actually yeah. like, he's, like a chain not like a biker chain they were on your neck <laughs> i hear you i hear you <laughs> all right dude yeah, how you been, dude? How's 2020 been for you? Oh, geez, man. How's 2020 been for everyone else? Holy, holy Shit. cow. You know, yeah. 2020, despite the, uh, you know, all the COVID stuff and all the political banter that's going on and whatnot. Um, I, I, I had to beat on out to Wyoming in, in April and yeah. was lar- <clears throat> largely unaffected by it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right, right around when it started hitting here in Chicago, pretty rough. Um, I, I had already had the plans made to be moving out to Wyoming, and then uh, moved out there, and I was I was shoeing horses, yeah. learned how to myself a horse in under nine minutes. Is our yeah. wow, yep. Take the old shoes off, trim them, put the new shoes back on. Damn, dude, it was it was an awesome summer. Yeah, yeah. and then. Pretty- back freaking in september and life has just been nuts since yeah. september what what prompted the move back that's what i was curious about because when you told uh, me that you're in illinois i thought you were still in wyoming so why did you move back to illinois so the uh the shoeing season ended out in wyoming okay uh, it's it largely you know like like if that's what you do for a living yeah, yeah. you you can freaking shoe year round you know what i mean but if you're um if you're just you know someone's hand like i was there's kind of a season to it you know and then Uh. it's largely based on tourism because when all the tourists are flooding out to jackson and uh various other parts of wyoming like cody uh powell um even down into colorado like um what's the town grant granby or something Uh um all them places they they got all these outfits and ranches and whatnot that that take people out on day trips, pack trips, you know, fishing trips, hunting trips and whatnot. But they're all horseback out in the mountains. Okay. You know, nobody really wants to go and do that when it's you know seven degrees. Like I think I looked the other day, it was like negative six degrees in the one morning out in Wyoming. Shit, dude. Like, <laughs> right. So I mean, like no no one wants to go ride a horse in the mountains when it's that cold. So. You know, when you're a horseshoer and the horses aren't getting worked, there's no, there's really no need. I mean, there's a need for the health yeah. of the horse. But other than that, you know, the boss man can handle that. So at the end of the season, he was like, all right, man, that's that. You did 2,000 freaking horses this year. Way to go, you know. And then uh, I needed work and a place to stay. So I came back to uh, Chicago where, where I grew up and um, 
yeah, living living with my parents, but uh, <laughs> it is what I'm it is. Moving out, moving out the first of the year, so that's All right, perfect, good. perfect. New Year's resolutions already slotted, man. Y'all heard it. Evan Van Clyde's moving out of his parents' house, and the January first, twenty twenty one. God damn! I gotta move out of my parents' house, dude. Yeah. I'm fucking telling. <laughs> <laughs> there's no shame in your game though dude like fuck right. you know what i mean at the, these times of year i mean like what i, I so i'm you're 30 right yeah just oh shit 30. i'm dude oh shit happy dude i'm 32 i'm also 30 we're all 30 i love it you know but i mean and, and I, wait, you're not married right are you married you have kids no, oh not. fuck dude shit you're like the first guest on here who's not married has kids in 30 i love it every yeah, fucking dude. every fucking guest is either married and has kids except maybe yeah. yesterday brett brett and maybe monty my team from college Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, you know, that's cool. I mean, that's good. You know what I mean? Because now you're like the one trendsetter. Because I had Lofa Tatupu on in the fifth episode, and he was talking about like how he's doing e-learning with his kids right now. And I'm all like, I'm like, yeah, I'm 30. I'm not married. I don't need kids. And he's like, take your time. Man. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I got a six and nine-year-old. I got to like be math and gym teacher at the same fucking time and this e-learning shit. It's less like, it's bullshit, you know? So it is what it is. I went to school to be a math teacher, and – um yeah, school was not was not a good fit for me. Any, anybody who went to school with me out there, y'all know, y'all know. <laughs> Actually, no. Now we're gonna get into that. So let's start with your early years. So you mentioned you grew up in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. you, so just talking because so are you are you from the city? Or are you from the burbs? Where are you from? No, I'm from from suburbs, okay. um, northwest suburbs. Okay. Uh, right out here, freaking Route 14 is half a mile up the road from me, and. Nice. Uh, when he, what's funny is one of the outfits out in Wyoming where we were shooing, I, I looked out my guest bedroom and there's Route 14, yeah. you know, same highway. It was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I grew up out here um, and I went to, I went to Canterbury Elementary yep. and if anyone's familiar with the area out here, it's right behind Nick's Pizza. And then um, I went to Hannah Bairdsley Middle School and then from there I went to Crystal Lake Central, class of 09. Nice. And then you awesome. played, and so you, and then Crystal Lake is where you, wait, when did you start playing football? Did you start playing in high school? Or did you start playing before that? No, I started playing, I think I was about seven and okay. I played baseball the year before and oh my God, absolutely hated it. Yeah. It was just slow, didn't capture my attention. People would run past me and be like, oh, what's up, dude? Want to get ice cream later? You know, and coaches yeah. yelling at me, like, you can't do that. You got to tag them. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I started started playing football when I was seven uh, with the Crystal Lake Raiders, and right. uh, yeah, I actually I got a Oakland Raiders blanket throw blanket that I still use. Um, nice, right? Just just you know, for the Raiders, it just so happens you can't buy a Crystal Lake Raiders blanket at freaking Walmart, you know. So you got to go with the Oakland Raiders when you're trying to represent your Pee Wee League, you know. So bingo, yeah. And so, yeah, so you played, and what positions were you playing in, in the Wee? Were you playing, you know, yeah. all positions or like what? Yeah. What didn't I play? Hell, I started out playing um, right guard and left middle linebacker. We ran a 4 4 defense. Wow. And yeah, it was um, me in the left middle and Anthony Degani in the right middle. And Anthony, Anthony Degani also played uh, fullback for us that year. And Man, if you you want to you want to talk about a defense you can't run up the middle on, put me and Anthony Degani in the middle. Got Anthony Degani, if if you want to talk to another athlete who I think he went to Stanford for wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's um 
I don't know. I don't know how willing you'd be to do a podcast, but hell, I mean, I grew up with the kid basically playing sports, you know, and he and I were always, we, we had that, that, that nice, amiable, respectful, uh, rivalry, if you will, you yeah. know, like yeah. he'd do something and I'd be like, okay, I'll see you, you know, and I go do it, you know, or he'd crack yeah. me and then I crack him on a play, you know, it was, it was awesome. Awesome, man. That, that, and and that, that's what you love. You know what I mean? Because, like, either your boys or even, like, guys you play against, you know, the memories you have of kind of just talking that shit and just, like, kind of making sure better, the, com- the competitive nature of it, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I, I, like, for me, it's, like, you know, I'm all for, like, the shit talking, you know, kind of, like, you know, as long as it's friendly. But then it's, like, and we'll get into this. We'll, we'll, I mean, we're going we're gonna to progress to the semi-pro okay. eventually. But okay. kind of, like, with semi-pro, it's, like, well, it's, it's a free-for-all. There's no regulations. Right. Everyone can fucking just say whatever the fuck they want to say about any fucking team, any fucking player. Right. I've obviously, I've obviously been – you know what I mean, bro? Wait, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just said the refs get it. Like, they don't get into it, but they, they laugh. The yeah, the refs – yeah i mean like but you see I, I don't mind it on the field yeah I, I don't mind the refs getting it on the field it's just like it, it's like off the field like social media on facebook it's like it's like you know like that what are that that group whatever it's like it's like a whole like forum of like oh, dudes yeah. just like just like like burning and flaming each other it's like high school but over again and i yeah. never never <laughs> ever once even followed that page looked at it not yeah. once just I, I didn't want to get sucked into the bullshit you know yeah yeah i would I was just on the grind. I was like, man, I wake up at four in the morning to go in the gym and then I go to work and then I get done with work and then go run hills or go to the gym again, you know, and practice being, being an hour away. Sometimes, you know, you're like, Hey coach, man, I can't make it practice, but I mean, I've done this, this, and this for drills. I've studied my plays, you know, and then, okay, you're going to go. And then show up game. Hey man, you just crack skulls. It's, it's a blast. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly the, my mindset too. It's kind of just, you know, let your, let your actions and speak louder than your words and lead by example. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, that's yeah. basically how, 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 how you can inspire your team. Now, right. now you played, you started playing peewee middle school. I don't think they had, did you continue playing in middle school or would you take some yeah. time off? Okay. So, so schools out here, I don't, um, I know, I know the one school Lundahl middle school used to have a football team because when I was playing peewee, we we played on their football field and um i think so that was like what 97 98 somewhere in there and i think uh i think they had already gotten rid of the middle school football teams in the area um but yeah no what was really cool about my public league is they they started tackle tackle football at about i think six or seven years old and then they had it all the way through eighth grade. And then after eighth grade, you had to play for your high school. Facts. And now we're going to get into high school. Now you, now you're done with middle school. Now you're in high school. And so this is, so let me, let me actually, let me actually kind of add, let me, uh, I guess, set context for this, because for me, the reason I started playing football was because I couldn't play in high school. Kind of what you said about not being good at school. My grades were fucking shit back in high school. I just didn't care, dude. Um, (laughs) And so obviously I I didn't have GPA to qualify to play. And so, For me, playing walking on a JUCO after high school, you know, SJCC, as you know, because because your boy, you know, I think Joe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe, I mean, that that was basically me proving myself I could do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. exactly. So kind of talk to me about your experience, you know, starting high school, you know, and like you know playing. I mean, and obviously talk to me kind of, you know, what was your experience like playing through going from freshman to JV to varsity, or if you went straight to varsity and kind of what position you played, you know? Yeah. So so throughout throughout um i know you, i know you said jump to uh, high school but just kind of give you a little bit more background and whatnot uh sure. throughout we in public league i played played primarily defense 
But as I got older and grew into my own body and whatnot, I basically narrowed it down to tight end and linebacker or defensive end. And then once I got into high school, um, they, they moved me back to linebacker and we ran a, we ran a three, five and I was playing the, the Mike linebacker and that, Oh man, that was a lot of fun. (laughs) Just train wrecks every play. I didn't care, you know, like my body at it. Um, And then uh, played played a little bit of offense, not much. It was mostly just like goal line packages and whatnot. And then um, freshman year, it was uh, me, Trevor Parlberg, and JJ Bobowitz that played the middle linebackers in the three five. And um, they're back in the day, man. They they could scrap, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was uh, Trevor. He was he was a tri state or or maybe try nationals wrestler freestyle folk and Greco Roman, you know? So, yeah. Like crazy. <laughs> that, I, I still won't wrestle that dude. Like, I'll wrestle him for fun, yeah. but I know I'm going to walk in to just get my ass beat. Like this dude is just so technical. Um, and then JJ, he went on to play, he went on to play at, um, I think it was Southwest Minnesota state. Yeah. Maybe out the mustangs i know they're the mustangs um but yeah like you want to talk about some boys in the middle that could get stuff done that was us and it it was a lot of fun and then from there i got moved up to varsity my sophomore year and that i thought thought so i thought so yeah because i figured i figured you played three years of varsity so yeah go ahead yeah Yeah, you're spot on on that it was yeah it was a goal of mine a dream of mine since i was a kid because my older brother's they're they're like a decade older than me and they they both played at crystal lake central as well right so growing up around fall time you're you're getting into school but that's also when when football season is so i'm going from school to you know crystal lake central for home games or, or wherever they're at you know and their colors are orange and black and it's fall oh man just aesthetic as all get out i loved it you know and man i i started started realizing i was decent at football and then i was like my goal i want my goal to be when i get into high school that i get moved up sophomore year right word started getting around that crystal lake central never did that for whatever reason and then they moved me up anthony Bigani, and trevor parlberg and i feel bad because i don't know i don't know why trevor didn't play very much I don't, I don't think he i don't think he had the aggression at the time mm-hmm. um because he, he had the size he just didn't have the aggression and then um yeah i played when they moved me up they had originally planned on me playing linebacker but then I, one of our d tackles got hurt or quit I, I don't know i can't remember i got moved down to nose guard here i am a 15 year old freshman barely six one and barely 205 you know playing yeah. no guard with 18 year old at the time 18 year old men you know yeah. Like yeah. i remember some of their forearms and just just look like popeyes you know <laughs> dark curly hair all over their yeah. forearms you know? and i'm like well okay here i am i'm 15 really oh the ball snapped you know yeah. and then you just go you just go you don't even think about it you know and then um Played, played defensive tackle, 
sophomore year, didn't really play much offense, which was fine. I don't really mm-hmm. like offense. You got to think too much. <laughs> yeah. And then, I can uh, guess that. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Uh, junior, year, junior year, they uh, moved me to defensive end and tight end. And then um, that was that was a lot of fun. Defensive end is like my natural position. Um, it's it's just so so aggressive, and you have you just have to be mean. You know, yeah. if you're not mean as a defensive end. Get the hell off the field. You get know, the fuck off the field, man. You're not mean playing defense. Get off my field. We're here to yeah. fucking kill bodies. Yes, That's sir. It. Yes, Hold sir. My- reason only uh, body yes, you know sir. exactly uh, <laughs> special teams and, uh, special teams you got a gun every fucking play at full yeah, speed you know yeah. so go ahead I was, I was on um on pretty much all special teams throughout my entire career all like all of them and i yeah. remember being, i remember being a wedge buster on kickoff dude he's absolutely insane what's that say oh hell yeah <laughs> look at that and right, right there is the actual trophy for that, back there. Oh, okay, that football yeah. one. Yeah, 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 right there. Yep. All right. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um. Yeah, and oh man, being a wedge buster is favorite. Ah, oh, dude, he's <laughs> hell on wheels, man. You already you know. Savage, get after it. Yeah. Because you, know? you know you're just running into a wall of like six foot three just men, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and waiting for you, you know. But you just like this is it bring it you know and, yeah fuck yeah and, like i never cared if i made the tackle i just wanted to hit somebody you know bingo. behind me can make the tackle bingo you know? yeah and it's funny you said that because my thing was people like, oh you don't want to get run over i'm like dude it doesn't fucking matter if you get run over as long as you set up your teammate to make the play and because right. and, and special teams is like this is what my joke juco coach this thing right here my juco okay. coach always said this coach wink special teams wins games the reason oh, why he said that is because it's a fucking third of the game, brother. Like, if you fucking hit, even if you get knocked on your ass, because in this game, you will get knocked on your ass at least once. I don't care how big or bad you are, you know? Right? Absolutely. So that's exactly why I totally agree with you. It doesn't matter if you make the tackle. Fucking just go. You know what I mean? Yeah. All effort. All effort. So Love. Um, man, there was sometimes I'd – sometimes, like, I'd see the pile already in front of me, and I would just jump over it, you know? <laughs> fucking it's, crazy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted action, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I was pretty decent at tight end my junior year. Oh, I remember this one play. Um, hey, I don't know if anyone from Johnsburg High School listens to this podcast or not, or if anyone from Johnsburg High School is going to listen because I'm on it. But but I hope, I hope this doesn't put someone on too much of a blast. But we ran uh, – so the play call was split 38 geo crack. Yeah. So I'm playing tight end. That means I'm split out. I'm not all the way to the hash. I'm not even all the way to the sideline. I'm kind of like just kind of floating. Yeah. I find a sweet spot where it's fucking up the outside linebacker and the corner. Yeah. You know, and then you just kind of wait. And the 38 geo crack, oh, you got two pulling guards, handoff to the fullback coming my way. And what's my job? take out the first man i see so at the snap of the ball oh it's just like foam coming out of my mouth i was ready for this yeah. you know i hear my coach he he said he said the kid's number i can't remember it at this point but he was like hey you see 
33, you know, that's him. And I'm like, got it, coach. Set hit, boom, like a fucking bullet. Just boom, boom. (laughs) Thought I killed him. And it's, I'm sorry if you're listening or if you know who that is, but I mean, like, hey, I'm sure he's awesome. Um, You want to go (laughs) here later? Great. But, um, But no, I mean, I just annihilated this kid. And it was right before the half. Anthony Degani got the handoff, scored a touchdown, totally turned the momentum around in the game. And yeah. uh, this kid, this kid was laying limp on the field for like five minutes. Yeah, fucked him up. Hey, it's part of the game, like you said. It, it is, you know, and, and injuries can't be. Sorry, good. Yeah, I said fuck. It's happened to me. There was one time in college. I was I was the wedge setter on kickoff return, you know. So here I am, watching this dude you know giant as fuck you know because that's what you got to be when you're a wedge buster and i'm linking arms with my dude and i'm like oh man this is gonna be fucking great and <laughs> thing, dude as soon as he like he crown of his helmet into my face mask i swear i felt my face mask hit my face right and i'm not i'm not kidding you i felt my brain knock around i felt my brain hit the front of my head soft <laughs> flat and then it like reset and i just i had no idea what was going on and I'm laying there on the ground, and I remember I was like, like, I was on my back, and I was just playing with the grass. It felt, it just felt so good, euphoric, you know. Yeah. And then the trainer comes up, and she's like, "Hey, hey, I'm, I had no idea." She's like, "Hey, are you okay?" I'm like, "What do you like? What do you mean? Yeah, like what? Look at this fucking grass, you know." <laughs> sideline i started walking to the other team's sideline, and she's asking me like, "Hey, what's two plus one?" I'm like, "I don't know, Tuesday, like." <laughs> yeah fuck dude concussion protocol right there oh totally i'm sure i've got tons of screws loose up here but whatever Whatever. you're not a doctor (laughs) so let's keep going you know and uh yeah and then senior year played played um defensive tackle again but instead of nose guard i was playing um uh strong side we the way we ran our defense it was a four three and strong side tackle was a three technique. And uh, my defensive end on that side was Dallas Bogle. And he he wasn't very big, but he, he was fast, very fast and pretty strong for, for his stature, you know. And he was smart. He knew yeah. the game, you know. So he wasn't ever out of position pretty much, mm-hmm. you know. And even if he was, there's a linebacker coming up right there that can mess up a running back's route or run you know and then i clean up from behind or something you know but yeah that was pretty much it so i guess to wrap it up for high school i played linebacker defensive end defensive tackle and tight end nice yeah all those are grown man positions folks (laughs) (laughs) and now we're gonna talk about that grown sorry i said certainly certainly yeah so yeah you basically wrapped up a crystal lake Talk to me about your college experience. Cause I know that I think you also went to Juco, right? Or did you go to a yeah. four year? Yeah. So I you did. went to Juco. So we're both Juco products. I like that. So talk to yeah. me about that. Were you, were you recruited heavily outside of outside high school or was it what? that Juco? Yeah. Okay. I was recruited by, I started getting recruited my junior year. Okay. Uh, Western Michigan was basically, I think it was actually almost my entire junior year. And then wow. the, and into my senior year, um, if if I remember correctly, uh, that was like a decade and a half ago, though. So <laughs> forgive me. Um, no, I remember. I mean, but, my, my, yeah. my senior year was a year before yours. <laughs> right. um, yeah. 
and and uh they were talking to me almost every week either my junior and senior year and then um they wanted me to go play defensive end for them and 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 it just i don't know it just kind of fizzled out you know but i was also getting recruited by ball state southern illinois um and had a few conversations with northern illinois um and then uh that was pretty much it from the D1 schools. Maybe Iowa sent me a letter. I don't know. Um, but then, um, yeah, no, with, with, with those leads essentially going cold, um, you know, I, I was like, well, hell, I'll go to Harper College. My buddy Lane Riles went there. He's a year older than me. Uh, graduated in 08. You graduated in 08? Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so he graduated in 08 as well. And when he went to Harper College, they won a national championship nice. under under Dragon Tionic as the head coach. So NJCAA and, national champions. Yes. Very, they, very, they won, very impressive. Won championship down in Phoenix, Arizona, you know, and my buddy was <laughs> telling, my buddy Lane, he was telling me all about it, you know, and I got suckered into it. I'm like, hell yeah, let's fucking go get us a ring, you know, and then after I signed my LOI, they fired Dragon Tionic and brought in Eric Waltstein to be the head coach. And I think he came from, what is it, Morningside, somewhere in Iowa or Wisconsin? I don't know. Um, and great guy, um, far more knowledgeable on the game than I am. But I don't know. I don't know if it was the group of guys we had the team culture or, 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 or what, you know, at this point, you know, I'm not 19 anymore, so I'm not looking to blame anyone for anything, but I mean, we just, we just couldn't get it together. We went two and seven that year and, and like, like mentally as an athlete, it was very, very frustrating because I remember going to the 5am workouts before class when my class doesn't start until nine you know, and then after that, get done with one class and then maybe another one in the afternoon, but I still got to hang around until practice, you know, and then, man, I, I loved practice. I, I loved it. It was just like, here I am to just, just be free, mentally free, you know, I don't need to worry about school. I don't need to worry about my car, my girlfriend, or none of that. You know, yeah. I'm here to bust heads, you know. Bingo. Yeah. And 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 I really respected my defensive line coach, um, Coach Fudala. He was also a Golden Gloves boxer and um, trained many other Golden Gloves boxers. Um, and, and yeah, I just I, – I loved his um, – enthusiasm for the game it made it made me want to play better you know it made me want to work harder you know so that i could um um i don't know just just be held in high regard in his eyes because i held him in high regard in my eyes you know right and yeah so it's mentally frustrating because here you are you're doing all this work making all these sacrifices behind the scenes and then you go two and seven yeah you know? And it's by some stroke of luck, there's still a way for us to get into playoffs. And I think we got, <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know how that all works. 
And that's how I got, got this, bro. Two of the same record. We still made the conference championship game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead. We played um, College of DePage for our conference championship. And I think oh, we were. Shit. T- that's, that, that's a good school. Go ahead. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think they either beat us. I don't know. I think they beat us. I think that's why my memory's fuzzy on it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I remember we were like tied for conference champs or something. I don't know. Um, right. And, and uh, but yeah, it's, it's just frustrating because you're just like, man, we're doing all this work. We finally got a stroke of luck to go to the playoffs. Like, hey, everybody focus, yeah. you know, quit drinking, quit chasing women, quit smoking. Like, let's let's get down to it. We realize it's freaking the first week of December, but goddamn, it's football. Let's get it, you know. And then, um, and with my dismay over over going two and seven, um, and and kind of finding out that just school in general, co- college, co- I loved college. College itself, the way it's structured is is far more conducive for the way my brain works than freaking high school does right exactly uh, yeah like I, I had like a three five gpa or maybe higher and i felt like i didn't ever go to class <laughs> exactly i'm like oh this is fucking sweet you know <laughs> and like homework just give me the damn test you know and bingo yeah typical jock stuff right and <laughs> It's only hey, I hey man, don't don't put us on fucking blast on the 81 podcast, Evan. Come on now, dude. We're hardworking, very self-conscious, academic, uh, whatever the fuck the word. Like, go ahead. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we go. Try to, be, try to be academic. <laughs> Academics. All right, and you go. Fuck it all up. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, and then um, one of my buddies from high school, I... I don't know if I was a bird in his ear or not, but he was thinking about joining the army. And I was like, dude, fuck that. Join the Marine Corps, bro. He's like, you know what? You're right. And then uh, he goes off and joins the Marine Corps. He's come, he comes home on Christmas leave um, in 2009. And, um, or was that? Yeah, it was 2009. And, and um, kind of, motiv- kind of motivated me, you know, cause my older brother was a Marine. I got a couple uncles who were Marines and um, just, just, I mean, hell, I got a. That was my guitar. You're good. You're um, good. I'm like, dude, freaking Napoleon. Oh, book. Over here, I got a book about World War One and this dude who fought. It's called um, All Men Are Enemies. I got another book about like the Viking warriors of of England before it was England and everything. Like, I love history. Right. Um, and totally forgot where I was going with that. Um, you're about to you're talking about the marine corps talking about you know potentially maybe enlisting yeah yeah you're right thank you for getting me back on track with that um you know anything that had to do with history especially like like violent tumultuous pasts or how like violent tumultuous times bring forth these these just absolute awesome savages that turn stuff around for the better um like the american revolution love it french revolution love it um even go to uh like the renaissance where uh it was like a mind revolution for the entire planet like love it love it um so i've always had this this kind of calling to join the marine corps um and you know with the way my first football season went in college 
one of my buddies coming home and, and seeing the immense change in him as, as well as my older brother when, when he had enlisted, um, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's time, maybe it's time to go ahead and enlist, you know? And even after my first season over there at Harper, I had, I was talking to, um, Indiana state out of, out of Sycamore, right. Out of Sycamore, Indiana. Yeah. Um, and it was still in contact with Western Michigan. Um, and I was trying also for, um, Iowa state and then a whole handful of D2 schools, NAIA. And, um, I mean, to kind of be smug, I really didn't pay attention to any of the D3 schools that were like, hey, come play for us. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no. same here. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, D3 pulls some at like Whitewater up right up here, freaking right up the road. Yeah, dude, they got they got a ton of athletes that Why go not? there. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, um, so I enlisted in April of 2010. And um bunch of coaches were kind of all like oh no you're gonna go die well no because i'm still here <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and then um i enlisted as a reservist in the marine corps as a 0311 and i did six years in marine corps reserves out of 224 fox company in milwaukee and that was that was a confusing six years. I'll tell you that to, to put it as short as I can, as concise as I can, it was very confusing because also from there, after I got done with all my initial training, um, you know, boot camp, school of infantry. And then, um, um, I went to, I was actually a recon contract and all you Marines that listen to this are going to fucking hate me, fight me. I don't care. Um, Oh, three twenty one contract. And got to um, like the the school before you go to the actual recon school, and they were like, "Hey, who wants to drop?" I'm like, "Dude, I got a fucking football season. I gotta go play. I ain't got time to be in school for another sixteen months, you know." So send me the fuck home. Let me go pull a trigger and go kill bodies on a football field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, so I did that, but then when they did that, they tried to reclass me to um, admin, 0111. So I go out to fucking North Carolina, Camp Lejeune, and I'm out there for, I don't know, three months or something, and and met, actually met some of my best friends that I'm still in contact with to this day um, while I was out there. And finally get done with that school, I come back home, springtime, going right into summer, like basically just in time for summer football camp you know, and just hit the weights hard, hit football camp hard and just earn myself a starting spot again, back at Harper college. Yeah. And, um, now it was 2011 and there again, I was playing, playing defensive end. When I got into college, I basically solidified as a defensive end, you know, really grew into that position. I found that it fit my mentality, my, my own philosophy, my own, values and and i was fucking good at it you know? yeah for sure so it felt good um yeah and then after that year though we we went i think we went two and seven again and that was their third year of going two and seven and they got rid of their football team after that year 
That's yeah. not from my school, bro. We actually went 0-10. We didn't even win a game in my sophomore year, and then, then they cut the program three years later. So, Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's that's what sports are for. They're supposed to be pulling in people to, you know, right. get the tuition up, you know. And if nobody's winning, nobody wants to go to that fucking school. You know what I mean? Bingo. Yeah. And so, so um, we uh, we went two and seven again. Football team got canned, and um, with that, with that, just a lot of the larger schools weren't really recruiting out of Harper anymore. Okay. You know, like you, you go from national champs down to two and seven for three years in a row. Yeah, like nobody's going to recruit out of there anymore. Exactly. Um, so it was it was hard for me trying to find my path in the football realm there. And I remember I was I'd, fuck, I didn't even go to school because so I was like, why? I'm not playing. Like yeah. why school? I'm just gonna go work, you know. But like an idiot, I signed up for all these damn classes and I didn't fuck Yeah. <laughs> fucking was just working and right. um, bouncing around from job to job really. Uh, I was working at Menards. I was working at Nick's Pizza. I was working, working at Tommy's. Shout out to Tommy's. Y'all got some bomb ass town beefs, um, and um, delivering food for them. And basically, you know, in fucking teenager jobs, college jobs, you know. Right. And I was, I was also working at this at this club down in Downers Grove. It was called Rita's Roadhouse. Yeah. And. Oh my God, man. You want to talk about a very distinct, like threshold of you're no longer that person. This is you now. Like it happened there. Just just, like nuts, nuts. Things happened at that place. I was being nuts in life and, and yeah, really kind of let a lot of shit go to shit. So to say, you know, do you want to share any of the specific examples or are you good? Um, um, let's see. I don't really know what's appropriate to share on, on this. You can share uh, whatever the fuck you want, dude. It's my show. Oh, Everything sweet. goes. Yeah. So free for all. Cool. So no, I, um, I was dating, I was dating my high school sweetheart and we, we actually dated for, for a decade. Um, she just left me in 2018 and, and fucking rightfully so I was a fucking douchebag and very not at all good for her. Um, right. and I actually commend her and I'm kind of proud of her for leaving me because, uh, it, it, t- it took a lot of strength for her to do that. Um, I can relate brother, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> so, um, from there, um, when I started working at the club, her and I, we were already in a rocky relationship. And rather than like buckle down and be like, all right, babe, we're going to get this. No, my fucking dumbass starts letting one of these fucking girls at the club start catching my eye. And then, um, then I started seeing her and the club, the club was like an hour away from where I live. So rather than, than drive back and forth, you know, three days a week, yeah, I just fucking stay down there. I was mm-hmm. staying with my friends uh, from, from the Marine Corps who got me that job. And then um, that kind of started turning into a toxic relationship, friendship, um, because we were just spending too much time together, you know? And it was just... So I started staying, started staying with this girl who's taking a liking to me. Well, big fucking mistake that was. Because um, 
feelings started developing there. And meanwhile, my high school sweetheart is all like, what are you doing? Like, why don't you love me anymore? And I'd be like, yeah. Ball, eyes out. I'm like, I do, you know? Yeah, yeah like, dude. We'd leave and rather than go to her house, I'll go to the other girl's house. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, bro. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And, um, so then, so that, that's kind of what I mean by like life just went nuts you know because here i am trying to like convince both these girls that i like them and and like <laughs> like an idiot dude i thought i was you Hefner or some shit i don't fucking know and then, uh, <laughs> and then and then uh got to the point where i was just like dude i need to leave this club i need to leave this job this is not me this is not at all what i want to do this this girl that's taken a liking to me you know i, I kind of like her too but she was a pisces uh um, suit like suit like casted rune stones and was all like into zodiacs and and fuck maybe put a spell on me a time or two i don't <laughs> fucking know but i mean other than that um no it was i equated that relationship kind of like the joker and harley quinn because like yeah <laughs> there yeah there again i was just like look like this is what i'm doing like you knew i had a girlfriend when you started seeing me i don't know what to tell you you know and, right. and then you go off and do something to retaliate and i'd be like what what are you doing you know like, <laughs> yeah um so yeah i i quit working that job quit working at the club and that was when i started playing semi-pro football because i wanted to get my head back on straight and right. and 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 I was like, dude, you ain't been playing football for, at that point, it was uh, like eight months, maybe close to a year. Um, and, and you know, like you, football football is very much a part of who you are, you know, right. it is, was, was the driving force to wake up a lot yeah. of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was like, I, I called, I called around to a couple couple local semi-pro teams around here um i think one was the chaos back then they were not what they were in recent years uh the chicago chaos if you ever heard of them right. uh, and then i think they were called like the dekalb chaos or kane county chaos back then I don't know. but then i i called the eagles i think i even called uh, the cougars out of kenosha and then um, it was it was the Eagles, Mike Oliver, that got back to me first and seemed the most understanding that, you know, I'm shopping, if you will. Um, and and yeah, he he's the one who kicked the door wide open for me and started started going to uh, team functions and then mm -hmm. went to the open tryout that they held. They held the open tryout at some fucking podunk indoor soccer place down here in Elgin. Um, but from there, yeah, he was like, what position you play? I'm like, defensive end. You know, he's like, let's see what you can do. And fuck, I went out there and I, like, without even really, oh, I was mad. I was livid mad because I'm all heartbroken about destroying these two women that I actually cared about, but I'm, my actions are saying otherwise, like, hey, you know, and I was all mad that my high school sweetheart wasn't like, like super quick to jump back on board with a relationship with me, you know, so I was just taking all my frustration out on a football field, you know, in the weight room and, and um, man, I was just an animal. Nope. Nobody ran to my, I'd be bored yeah. during the, 
sometimes, you know, because they'd stop running to my side. And if they, if they did, they would just do it to see if I'm awake, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> here, you know, yeah. And, um, yeah. And then from there, I actually, um, I didn't get recruited from there, but I was still, you know, behind the scenes talking to schools because I wanted to get back into school and get back into playing like legitimate fucking. I'm sure you can attest to this, that the competitiveness and and the realness of college football is tenfold beyond semi-pro football. Yeah. You know? And and so I wanted to get back to it. And I called um I called Waldorf, Waldorf University head coach Kent Anderson. Um, he, uh, I remember the phone conversation that I had with him in 2011 when he was trying to recruit me after my second season at Harper, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, I got a couple of these bigger schools calling me interested in me. I'm interested in them. And, and he was like, Hey, I get it. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like you never get another opportunity to play big time ball like that in a young yeah. man's. Life. So Hey, go ahead, chase after it. If you don't get it, you still got my phone number. And how cordial and amiable he was at at the um, you know conclusion of his recruiting efforts, um, leaving the door open like that stuck with me because every other coach, every other coach was like, "Oh, you're 21, 22. You know, oh, you think you're gonna go to U of I? Oh, you think you're gonna go to West Michigan? I'm like, <laughs> like why?" why are you acting like this? You know what Man. I mean? Right, like, why right, right. Urge me from doing any of that. Now it's I so crazy. Yeah. And I don't mean to, I don't want to cut you off, but it's so crazy. Cause I experienced the same thing out uh, my freshman year, because obviously I didn't play in high school when I started to like, you know, shots, you know, ask you know, reach out to schools and see who's available here in the East Bay. I went to Chabot, which is like one of the premier programs, DVC, Diablo Valley college. And legitimately in one of the emails the coach i see like what position you play i'm like well i haven't played but i'm interested in playing slot or db and he's all like okay you have any film i said no i don't i'm like you know would you be interested in me he's like and then he said honestly like you know like if you've never played before it's gonna be very difficult for you and you know best luck and almost like you're sol you're shit out of luck at that point you know what i mean and i'm like to your point like why the fuck would this guy discourage me you know and then just by random occurrence i'd take a math requirement at san jose city and then I spoke to the coach over there. That's how I met Coach Connor and then Coach Dub. And to your point, Coach Dub was so amicable. I have not. So before, so all the viewers already know this, but just, you know, because you know, this is the first time we're, we're talking about Coach Dub. Coach Dub was was my first coach ever for football, right, okay. and, at San Jose City. And I had not spoken to that man over 12 years before I reached out to him recently on social, social media because I, I had my retainment on and I saw him like, you know, in his post. And then like, and then I had him on last week and then this past just two Tuesday and we just, we, we picked it up right when we left off, bro. It was like, we didn't even oh. miss a beat, you know? That's- and that, and, and to your point about kind of the, the, the impressions that the coaches leave on you, mm-hmm. yeah. the positive impressions that's left on you stay with you forever. So that's all right. I want to say. And, and so, so I reached out to him after, you know, I, I realized I still had it to play right. Right. and he was like, he was like, yeah, you want to get your hand in the dirt? Hell yeah. We'll get you on, out, you know? And, and, oh my God, I was, I was elated, elated. I mean, it was still a relatively rough summer for me to admit that summer. I, uh, I was heavy and heavy on the sauce. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't take. I don't take heartbreak very 
very um swimmingly so to say right um i'm very much love and romance strike deep with me um really deep and i i think it's something that we all as humans should really take a far more concerted effort to be kinder in that department you know so so many people are so so quick to um you know chase hoes you know or or you know essentially be one you know male or female it doesn't matter um and and they you know it's all oh we're just living life you know it's like no dude that person just like you has a lot of shit going on inside their head and their heart that they thought you were gonna maybe i mean not fix them because it's it's not your responsibility but just maybe not be a douche and here you are being a fucking douche male or female you know and it sucks so anyways i was hitting the sauce pretty hard and um beating myself up over over guilt about how i had treated these two women and um eventually my my girlfriend my high school sweetheart came back around you know and she was like pick yourself up we're gonna do this i'm like all right awesome yeah and so I, I got the scholarship out to Waldorf University in 20, the fall of 2013. Yeah. After, nice. I think I played three quarters of my semi-pro season. Yeah. And I asked them to delete all my film, basically all my stats, just so that my name was clear, you know, should right. anyone do an investigation you know, and so and, and at this point, I really don't think it matters because you weren't getting paid. No, I know it, it wouldn't matter because if you weren't paid, yeah. your, your eligibility wouldn't be wouldn't be fucked with. So, right. yeah. Um, but either way, he, he was very understanding of it and totally on board with it. My, my coach, Mike Oliver um, from Semi-Pro. And um, I don't even think I mentioned anything of it to Kent Anderson over there at Waldorf. But then get there to Waldorf and um bust my ass during football camp started out at the bottom of the totem pole you know walking in every day seeing my name on the chalkboard third fourth man down i'm like you fucking bitch (laughs) and and slowly but surely see my name start moving up you know and then yep i'm starting and everyone knew it but then come game game week um not all of my credits transferred from harper and not they they didn't even accept any of my marine corps credits not one yeah i was one credit shy from being eligible and i'm like are we fucking serious Fuck. so all this work over the summer you know earning your spot learning the plays earning earning that camaraderie and your place among the boys you know what i mean and to, to get told that 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 rocked me again and um lo and behold what do i do i turn to the bottle right um yeah i remember i, I looked i looked at my one buddy um sunny he was a he was a german cat from germany he played in the gfl and uh came over and was playing for us he played quarterback and i don't i don't know why he was red shirting that year because he should he should have had enough credits maybe it was because he played in the gfl so he had to wait you know i don't know um but man standing on the sideline helpless to be able to help or do anything for your team 
you know, that, that literally just curled their tails and ran to the corner after the other team scored the first touchdown. Like, bro, this is a fucking game. There's still 55 minutes left. Yes, sir. Yes. And, and just the entire attitude of the team is, oh, we suck. It's like, no, your fucking attitude sucks. Bingo. Yeah. And when, you, when you're trying to tell that to a bunch of 18 to 22-year-old kids, when you yourself are undressed on the sideline, they don't want to hear it. They don't take you yeah. serious, you yeah. know? And so after that game, me and my buddy, I'm like, hey, man, you want to just, like, grab a sixer and fucking chill out, watch a movie or something? He's like, yeah, man, let's fucking do that. So we, we go over to his place and <laughs> – and cut to one of his roommates tried tried spiking a bottle with something, and I was the only one drinking out of it. That wasn't his intention, um, his roommate's intention at all. He was trying to get you know the other girls and other people all drinking out of this bottle. But here, my alcoholic self was like, "Give me that fucking thing." You know, I remember I remember I had three beers and I went down to the bathroom and came back up. And that's all I remember. I woke up in fucking jail. Right. Yeah. And that was the first time I was in jail. And that's 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 a pretty epic story. I got tased like fucking five times at once. And apparently when I was on the booking bench, I, I was handcuffed like this to the fucking booking bench. And this thing was held into the concrete, screwed into the concrete with six like three inch bolts I don't remember doing it. Story has it. Their recording can attest to it. I just fucking stood up with this thing. Hey. And, and yeah. Hulk, brother. Because <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> but like, like, you want to be proud of that, but in the circumstances, you can't be. You know what I no, mean? No, you can't be. No, because I mean, this is because your 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 judgment's impaired. You're not you're not yeah. willfully. You're not in control of your actions. You're just. I mean, it's cool to see you have the ability, but it's not. It's it's not. It's not you kind of coordinating that because you yeah. don't remember that shit until you watch right. the video. Yeah. So. You know, and they, they told me the next morning that that I was drugged with meth. And I'm like, wow, that's fucking great. You know, like relatively straight edge only. No, not relative. I was straight edge except for drinking every now and then, you know, yeah. and then yeah. to hear that, you know, you're just like, who, like, why, why, why would anyone <laughs> right. do that ever, you know? And, and um, then from there, you know, college is college, you know, so there's always fucking whiskey involved, right? And uh, um, then the next year, you know, I was like, all right, next year, this is my year. I'm eligible. I'm the defensive end. Everyone, yes, you know, and I played right defensive end. And how I got into that was because I think I was reading and reading like an offensive strategy book or something. And they said that you want your best offensive lineman to be your left tackle right so from there i was like all right bet i'll play right defensive end you know because i was like I, I want the best you know i want to go up yeah. against your meanest boys you got let's let's see what i got you know and and um so that's that's how i got into playing right defensive end i played right defensive end that entire season um 
Jamar Creighton was the left defensive end. And um, he, he and I both tried out for the NFL shortly after college. He, I think he tried out like six months after college or something. I didn't try out until um, I think after my first, first arena season. Um, but yeah, anyways, played right defensive end that year. There again, we went, we went like two and seven my first year at Waldorf. And then my second year we went, I think three and six or three and seven or whatever. So my, my college football years were losing and that sucks. You like, you feel like water boy, you know, going there. (laughs) What, What school is it? Southwest Louisiana state or something, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, you know, you just kind of feel like you're, you're not worth anything because no matter how hard you work, your team still loses. It's tough, you know? man. Yeah. It is. And, and actually when I left, I left on relatively bad terms with Kent Anderson. Uh, we got, we got into a pretty heated argument in his, um, in his office with uh, the defensive coordinator, LZ Anderson, no relation. And um, I, I said some, some pretty spiteful things um, at the time. I felt they were 100% true. Um, and wh- whether they were or are not um, is up for debate that, I won't have because me and Kent Anderson are, are pretty tight still. Yeah. And um, so you're not going to repeat that. And in, in just considering that, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, he said some things my way and, and I'm the kind of person that like, okay, once you set the bar of, of how you want to play, that's where I'll play. You, you, yeah. you want to <laughs> fight full games. Okay. I grew up in a spiteful house. I know how this goes and I'm better at it than you. And it's not, it's not, it's not something that I'm proud of. I fucking hate that part of me. Um, but yeah, like right then and there in his office, it was on, you know, like, Oh, Oh, that's what you think about me. Well, here's how I think about you. Boom, 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 boom. You know? Yeah. And, um, it was a, it, it ended with a slammed door and then, um, that was, that was pretty much it for about six years. I want to say six or seven years. Cause he and I didn't start talking again until actually over the summer of this year. Wow. Yeah. About five, five or yeah, five years. Um, cause I left in 2015. Um, and, uh, but yeah, super grateful that he and I are, are still able to talk still on good terms. You know, he's welcome wherever I'm at in the country. And he says, I'm welcome anytime down in his little Southern corner, Iowa, anytime I'm out there, which, which that, that speaks volumes about a man, you know, when you're able to put shit aside and just be like, boy, buddy, come on. And, uh, and then from there, 2015 came back to uh, Chicago and um, started playing semi-pro again, again with the uh, Fox Valley Eagles um i think it was still being coached by mike oliver i think and i I think he i think he got tired of everyone's attitude on the team and then left um 
our defensive coordinator likewise left. Well, they, they were also they were also the arena coaches, so they had fucking real shit to go worry about, you know. And um, then we were kind of left to um, ba- basically a coach who who didn't plan on being the only coach, but he was, he was the, I think O-line and special teams coach for the Fox Valley Eagles. And we all kind of got to looking around and be like, we don't have a coach. And he, he stepped up and we actually went to second round of the playoffs that year. We lost to, um, the fuck was their name venom we lost to the venom and then they went on into the championship and lost to the sting or stingers state line sting yeah 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 and then um and then the next year oh man all, all of us all of us on the eagles we were just like fuck all that noise this is our fucking time right now yeah. And sure enough, I don't know what in the hell happened, but we just, oh, I'm getting chills right now. Yeah. <laughs> just showed up for one thing and one thing only to kill fucking bodies. Yes, sir. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. The defense, um, I, I, I was kind of like, uh, I, I did never declare it because I, I don't I don't like doing that I feel like that's a show of arrogance um but but it was kind of understood that I was essentially a coach on the field for defense right you know like I'm looking over at the coach as a defensive end looking over at the coach he's giving me a play call I'm like defense is what we're doing you know and then obviously yes from there you let the Mike linebacker take over because he can fucking see I can't right, right. you know but yeah, anytime there was a dispute over a call, responsibility, anything, you know, like, hey man, this is what we gotta do. Boom, 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 boom. This is what you gotta do. You still on your shit, you still on your... good, awesome, let's go. And um head coach that year was Jet Zerba. You, you know, you know Jet, don't yeah, you? Yeah, Jet. Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um what one of my best friends for real. That that dude has helped me out um mentally um when I when I've been in some of my absolute roughest time. And um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know how I ever, how I will ever repay that man, but good God, <laughs> blessed soul he is. Um, and he was a head coach. Um, who was our defensive coach? Siana, Coach Mike Siana. Good guy, real good guy. He was a coach from Huntley High School, I believe, and um, knew knew his shit through and through, like just awesome and basically took the reins off of me he was like do whatever the fuck you're gonna do evan like i love watching you play i don't give a fuck like because i know every play you're gonna fucking hurt somebody it's fantastic you know i'm like you know coach yeah um and yeah he 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 loved he loved letting the dogs loose he really did he didn't believe in yanking the chain not not one bit um but um yeah we went i think Oh, did we go undefeated that year? No, I think we lost one game. We lost like one game. I can't remember who it was to, or I know someone's gonna say it was the Blue Devils. So fuck you, <laughs> uh, brother. We lost the Blue Devils, but I don't give a fuck. I still got it. Right, Anyways, right. Hey, hey, I, 
championship ring with the Blue Devils. So hey, I can say <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, and then um, we won the championship that year, and it was oh man, it was such a great feeling. I mean, I was getting like five, six sacks a game, you know, and Ooh. and Cooking. like four tackles for loss every game if they ran to my side like i'm saying like they just wouldn't run to my side <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um and and yeah it was it was just a lot of fun man and then the next year we that was 2017 next year in 2017 i was it? No, 15, 16, yeah, 17, 15. After our year that we won the championship in 16, I played – that was my first pro arena season with uh, the Chicago Blitz. Now let's and, talk about that. No, you can't just get into that. I'm going to talk about that. You mentioned some coaches from the, from the Eagles were coaches on the Blitz. Yes. How talk to me about the process of how you got recruited. Talk to me about how you're able to get into break into arena, you know, from semi pro. Um, from there, honestly, um I gotta say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Bingo. Yeah. Because like like you, you know, like what did you know about football when you first started fucking playing? Right. <laughs> Jack shit, exactly. <laughs> you knew fucking Walter Payton, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Um, but, but someone that, that you had reached out to build a relationship with was like, no, come play. And, and Mike Oliver knew my intention from the day I met him. I told him, I was like, I want to play in the NFL. That's why, or that's why I wear this game with my heart. That's why I play this game with my heart on my sleeve, you know, tell that. And, and he introduced me to Sean Bell who uh, is a Super Bowl champion. He played with Jerry Rice and Joe Montana. And I I was blessed enough to play alongside such a fucking awesome athlete, awesome man, Sean Bell. Yeah. Uh, playing for the Eagles. And and um when I stopped playing football, he he said some some pretty pretty fucking admirable words my way. And I won't ever forget him. I'm not going to say him. I'll never forget him though, because it just made me feel fucking super good. Um, but yeah, so Mike Oliver and Noel Soto, Mike Oliver was uh, head coach and offensive coordinator. Noel Soto was assistant coach and defensive coordinator. And they, they um, took over the blitz. And after my season and, and throughout the years, we, we maintained, you know, just, just good relations, you know, Oh, Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, Hey, yeah. You know, I'm still playing. Oh, cool. You know? And then the year they, they wanted to, they wanted to break into like the, the actual AFL, you know, right. being TV playing against the LA kiss, Philadelphia soul, Colorado crush. They wanted to be with the big dogs. And, and so after my championship season, they recruited me recruited um and yeah fuck man you want to talk about feeling blessed in terms of football yeah man just just all of those things yeah like getting getting recruited to be on a team that is is trying to 
be it, like the big dogs on campus like that's just oh that's just that that's just without a word being said that says what they think about you you know what i mean bingo and and so yeah man here i was thinking i was fucking big dog you know i was 6'3-6'4-285-and-everyone-is-6'3-6'3-6'2'85'6'3-6'2'85'6'3-6'2'85'6'3-6'2'85'6'2'85'6'2'85'6'2'85'6'2'85'6'2'85'6'2'85'6'
And, and also, I mean, I, I respect the hell out of those people and I'm not going to sit here and say anything on a fucking recorded podcast. You know what I mean? And the photo, the photo that's going to go on this episode is you in that Blitz jersey in uniform. So go ahead. <laughs> Shout out to the Blitz. Um, yeah, exactly. But um, from there. Naked, skinned, skinned turkey face, but we're all good. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, something happened in the upper echelons of management. We'll leave it at that, you know, and the, the team, the team, um, I don't know how else to say it. I think it was lost funding, really. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Got down to it that they they couldn't afford to, to pay me or the other guys, and then they couldn't afford the venue, you know. So we had to end the season prematurely. And then from there, I think they took, you know, was that one? Cal Eagles, 2012 AIF Championship. You want to know what happened to this team? Take a guess. Dude, I was played. Yeah, exactly. No, no, this is California Eagles. So, take a guess what happened. Why, why, we, we won the West Conference Mid Championship game. The owner couldn't keep up on the bills for the arena, the coaches, the players. There's a whole article about it in the Sacramento Bee. You know what I mean? So, it's no, just, it's, I, yeah. It's funny you got that ring because um, after, after the Blitz, you know, I was like, fuck, I want to move to California or some shit. I don't know. You know, so. Yeah actually looked up that team yeah uh, <laughs> yeah that's so funny that's um, awesome. good and uh yeah so then you know team team's season got prematurely kanked and that that sucked because we were i think we were actually in the playoffs i think we played one playoff game and then i mean we won it and then fucking no more funding or something i don't know if, if i'm wrong please know that i'm wrong and correct me you Bingo. know, <laughs> um, and then 2017, I, uh, I was trying to get, trying to transition into boxing since I was 11. I, I've been boxing on and off. No, nowhere near as consistent as anyone who calls themselves a boxer should be. Um, but when I was younger, first getting into it, fuck, I, I trained every single day for easily three years. Yeah. And then, and then um, focused on football, so I'm not getting my head knocked around twice, you know. Mm-hmm. Then, um, then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, dude, football, like, you're, you're a semi-truck running into other semi-trucks. Like, it's only a matter of time until something breaks. Right. You know, but you still love sports, and you're still good at boxing. I was going to pursue a professional boxing path. I'm not going to say career, path. Um, I'll say path. Um and, and there again, man, I, I loved it. I was pretty good at it um, and had a lot of potential. Um, but I was still trying to juggle a semi-pro football season, you know, and with all the conditioning and not needing to be 285 pounds, you know, you shed some weight. I got down to like 245, 250. And um, it was on a verbal agreement with the head coach, Jet. Basically like, look, it's a critical game. Let me know. I'll fucking be there. But if it's not a critical game, let the other guys play. They're always bitching about me showing up on Saturdays and getting all the playing time. Like, sorry, but you don't see what I'm doing behind the scenes. That's to, exactly you know, it. <laughs> you know, and and look at the stats. Like, <laughs> exactly. 
I've been, I've been gone for three weeks and you still don't have the stats I've got. You know what I mean? And I mean, to sound arrogant. Numbers never lie. Numbers never lie. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah. And then, and like, whatever. Hey, they're young. They're, they're trying to maybe get some film together to go to college. Like, I've already done all that. I've played pro. Like, I've already tried out for the NFL. Like, fuck it. Oh, 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 we missed that. We missed no. that. Kind of. It's still it's still in 2017. Okay, so keep going. All right, yeah. so I make sure we don't we don't want to skip uh, over that. <laughs> so then, uh, so that, I mean, that's kind of actually what I'm glad I'm glad you stopped it there. Um, because I after my after my arena season, um, oh man, I felt on top of the world. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm God, you know, yeah. I this. Um, yeah. and there was. There was a combine out in Carlsbad, California. And oh, I wow. Jumped, jumped on the opportunity to go out there. Um, Don't mean to stop you. Don't mean to stop you. But let me say this. Yesterday's guest, Brett Swain, who won a Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers, is a Carlsbad native. Brett, if you're listening to this, this man yeah. right here was in your hometown, and he's still down there. So go ahead. <laughs> hey, I know Carlsbad pretty good because I right. uh, held stopping grounds when I was out there in uh, Pendleton Lakers. There you go. I go. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we we'd get off we'd get off and get cut loose for liberty and my buddies would be like hey man what are you doing and like fucking same shit i do every day i'm gonna go get fucked up you want to come with motherfuckers you know you know the motto is <laughs> exactly so like i'd hop on the sea breeze out the fucking carlsbad or some shit oceanside out there and just tear it up like whatever exactly. going out to san diego who cares um so i saw there was this combine out there and i jumped at the opportunity to kind of go back to my old stomping grounds and i had a buddy from the marine corps who was living out there um then i hit him up i was like hey man i got a combine it's about three four days long uh i don't really got a place to stay you know i was wondering like i haven't seen you in a minute you like he's cool being out for three four days like fuck yeah dude so me and another one of my teammates from the eagles we went out there together uh it was um his last name Shepard. I can't remember his first name. I feel so bad right now. Fuck it. Keep going. Yeah. Um, and um, we went out there. I I felt I felt damn good. Because, I mean, uh, I'm sure you can relate. It feels so good when a coach does one of these. You know what I mean? Like, he's looking <laughs> at fucking paperwork or some shit. Bro, and then, <laughs> And then, yeah, and then, like, you just walk by or you just do something. And yeah. you see the coach out of the corner of your eye just kind of like, eh. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I feel so um, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone else who was on this podcast earlier in the week um, knows what it feels like when they actually talk to you and offer you something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. That, I never got that. Never got that. But, but it's what it is. Go right. Um, and – and um yeah i was putting out putting out some fucking good ass numbers the pro agility um i was i was beating some running backs and linebackers at the pro agility it was laser timed it's crazy I, laser I, time you're being running backs and linebackers for an nfl tryout combo yeah fucking shit I, listeners you heard it all right go ahead evan uh, <laughs> um and it oh my god my i mean my 40 times fucking atrocious but no, no, you're, you're, you got to drop it now, dude. Come on. No, my 40 time. I think, I think my laser timed 40 time was 
I think the fastest laser timed 40 I ever ran was 5.0. Yeah. Low yeah. foot to two, if you're listening to this, Evan ran a slower 40 than you, but Evan's still like your size, a little bit bigger, a little bit taller, and a little bit better looking. No, I'm just kidding, Lofa. Anyhow, <laughs> but you know, I mean, the Lofa Lofa's my guy. No. But right. I mean, because so, when, when I had my combine in 2010, after my sophomore yeah. season at West Valley, I ran like a 4.51, and I can never get back to that ever since. I'm just like, fuck. Yeah, 4.5. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hand, so, yeah go. hand time, I can crank out a 4.5. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hand time was like, it was hand time. So, yeah. Yeah, I could probably, you know what? Fuck it, I could crank out a four or five right now, hand time. Hell yeah, let's let's yeah. do it on the podcast. Okay, <laughs> so like my third one, first one's gonna be fucking slow because I'm just gonna warm up, jog it. Second one, I might put a little dirty to it. Yeah. Third one, inks out, and I'll crank out a four six. Four six, <laughs> close enough. All right. Um. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and and uh, my vert. My vert was decent for a D lineman. Nothing fucking to, oh my god, you know, like Warren Sapp can do. Um, yeah. But no, it was decent. Um, and one on ones, I was really enjoying those because I was. It just feels so good to bring it to another athlete who's just as big, if not bigger than you, who is also bringing it because they want it. They want that money just as bad as you do. They want that 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 goal, that dream that they've had since they were six. So and they're at the threshold right now, and the only thing stopping them is you. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, fuck yeah, let's go, let's do this one on ones all day, buddy. Yeah. Um, and um, it was it was good. And then from there, I had another another combine for the uh, the CFL. They were they were out of aurora university they did that one and um i think the the blue bobbers were there i think the uh um stampede was there calgary yeah yeah and um there was a third team there i can't remember who it was um but that 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 one i didn't take quite a serious i don't know why um i think because i had mentally already made the decision after my first combine you know that like hey i didn't get any calls back from that first one you know and i was 27 you know 27 at the time and you're like you're kind of getting old and a lot of people around you in your life are waiting for you to to grow up essentially yeah they understand your passion and your drive and and your your will to succeed in this game but you've lost so much trying trying to chase that carrot in front of the horse if you will you know what i mean and yeah chase the dream and You've sacrificed so much and look where it's got you. Nowhere. You're 27 years old. You don't have an awesome job. You don't have a stable job. You don't have a fucking degree. Like, grow up, dude. And then from there, from there, got no calls back. Um, but I was super grateful for the opportunity to to be around those athletes and and the good energy that they all brought. Um, Cause what was really cool about that second combine was 
was like, if you made a mistake rather than like, oh, you suck. Like, no, people are like, hey, man, like, try this, you know, like, do that. And it was That's just what fun. I loved about it, man. I fucking loved it. It's so different than college or anywhere where, where, where people are, because you're competing, people are trying to drag you down. But the combine, everyone's just trying to get that opportunity. Yeah. But I feel like I learned so much from the guys around me. They were telling me about different schools areas. I have NFL guys who show them how to do this, do that, do this, do that, this technique, that. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just so cool. It, it, it almost it almost snaps you out of your own head when, yeah. when that, you know, and it's, it's so cool. It really is. Um, but there again, you know, I was, I was turning, turning heads. Um, I think one coach even asked me for my phone number, but that was, that was about where that fucking trail ended. And then uh, from there I was like, all right, cool. I got a semi-pro season afoot, you know, and let's ride this out. We didn't win a championship. I think we won conference that year. Um, but, but like I said, I was basically, Hey coach, like if it's a super important critical game, I'll be there. If not, I mean, at work and this game is an hour and a half, two hours into the heart of the city. Yeah. Like, um, I don't want to put my family through that. I don't want to put myself through that right now. I just want to focus on boxing, being healthy and getting myself on some sort of stable career path. And I'm sure, I'm sure those that mix of things doesn't make a damn bit of sense to some people listening, but Hey, when you're me, it does. Um, and then I'll uh, be right there after this ring, I'm 22 years old. I've been cut from two different arena teams. All right. We lose in the championship game. You know, we made, we won the conference, right? That's how we got this. What does my mom say to me? You're 22. You need a fucking real job. <laughs> and I'm just like, and fortunately at that point, you know, I was kind of like you, I was delivering pizzas, working for Pizza Hut and I was doing part-time roaming at the local Juco's. Right. But they, I wasn't playing at the Juco's. Anymore. I was playing like, you know, arena, you know, while, you know, going practice playing, you know I mean? Game paid, you know, little, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And pretty much at that point, it's like, you know, I fortunately racked up enough credits to transfer, you know, I mean, just by stroke of luck, you know, all the shit I was doing, I was like, sweet. So, you know, that's when I transferred. And then, you know, then I just basically ceased football entirely for like six years until I moved to Illinois, like after I finished my master's in 2017. So, but you know what? I mean, I, that's just that's just how, how, how the dice rolled for me. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I know a lot of people like, you know, not just you, but just like everyone else still like trying to pursue that dream. Cause, cause I mean, like, you know, I told, and like, you know, it's like, that's why I started playing again. I was like, you know, I was like, I want to prove myself. Cause like you said, it's so ingrained. You can't fucking get it out of you, dude. Like I was, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what level you play. I, I don't care. You know what I mean? If you're a football player and you're like, and you have that passion in you, you can't fucking get it out of you. You know what I mean? Right. And right. gain the real job. You know what I mean? But this is what I fucking love doing, dude. This is what I fucking love doing. Like I could talk, I could do this shit for fucking like 24 hours a fucking day. That's why I have a fucking podcast. So okay, you know what, dude. you know what I'm saying, dude, but at the same time, you know what? I, you know, but you got, you got to be practical. Cause you know, we're both adults, you know, mm. we're both fucking now we're both 30, like anybody, right. even back then in our twenties, right. You just know, there's no fucking other way to get around it. So go ahead. You know, yeah, well, you know, and then, um, I was also, I was also looking at some jail time at the end of 2017 there. I, uh, I had gotten into a fight with one of my sergeants from Marine Corps after we got back from Korea yep. and, he, he wanted to go up north, up north of Madison there. And uh, I was under the impression that it was going to be a whole bunch of us from the platoon that were going up there. You know, all those boys is going up to fucking be rowdy, you know, like, fuck yeah. 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 Well, it turns, out, it turns out it was just me and him. 
and I was a Lance Corporal and he's a sergeant. So like, first of all, we shouldn't really be fucking hanging out. Um, I mean, you can and you do. It happens regardless, service wide, all over. Right. Um, right. But but still, you know, like whatever. And then I drove up to Milwaukee to go meet him and and he's fucking pulling money out of his wife's bank account. I'm like, what? Like, okay. And then from there we go, yeah, we go up North Madison and go, we're boating, drinking, fishing, ripping up the four wheeler, you know, fuck yeah. And, uh, he, I think he had a four ten, and we were fucking just shooting trees with that, you know, blasting branches off. It was kind of fun. Um, and then we get, we go to the strip club and, it was a strip club that serves alcohol and whatnot. And in the back room, they had a pool table and I didn't want to be getting flogged in the face with titty. I mean, I did, but that's why, I, but yeah. you know, like, Hey, I'd, I'd rather go play pool and drink rather than just ooh and ah over something I can't fucking touch and drink. You, you know feel what I'm saying, dude? Like, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like, it's a fucking but, Ponzi scheme. Go ahead. Right. You're right. You know? So so I'm back there playing fucking pool and then um night ends, we go back to his fucking house, wake up next morning, uh, next morning, it was probably like two o'clock in the afternoon, you know, take a cold ass shower. Same yeah. thing, back to it, boating, drinking, fishing, and then uh he's like, Hey, you wanna go hit that bar up again? I'm like, Yeah, sure. So so we go on back to that same fucking bar. It was uh what was it? The foxtail the foxtail in Montello, Wisconsin. Uh, and, <laughs> and, um, he started talking, you know, about like some shit that he had seen on deployment was like, you remember you were there. And I like, I'm not about to throw my buddy under the bus and be like, no dude, I fucking wasn't shut up, you know? Right. But but I was just like, but I'm also not going to gas him up. Like, oh, yeah, dude. And then, like, M203s through the window, bro. Like, yeah. No. I was just like, hey, man, we don't we don't really, like, talk about that stuff right now. You know? And then he fucking goes and disappears. I'm in the fucking back room playing pool with, with the strippers and cocktail waitresses and whatnot. I'm wearing this fucking cut-off T-shirt with my fucking board shorts. I think I got flip-flops on. You know, there's a fucking beard hand walking around the strip club. And uh, and then the bouncer taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, man, your buddy's fucking passed out over there. You guys got to go. And I'm like, what do you mean my buddy's passed out? He was just ordering drinks for us. And then he's like, yeah, that's why it took him so long. I'm like, oh, I get it. I look over. He's no shit. Just slump over the fucking bar. And I go wake him up, you know, and he's like, he's trying to get every the bartender and the manager to get us another drink. I'm like, no, dude, you're kicking us out. We got to go. You know, yeah. we, I, I finally get him outside and he wants me to drive and I can't fucking see my hand in front of my face. That's how black it is outside. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of like central Wisconsin and I have no idea where anything's at, you know, I'm like, no dude, I'm not driving, you know, this is fucking stupid. You're not driving either because you were just passed out at the bar, like get a grip on yourself, bro. And then, and then he clocked me right here actually. And then from there, remember how I said, once you set the bar, that's where I know I'm playing at. Yeah. Yeah. He clocked me and fuck, I just, I, to 
I just beat the fuck out of them. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. I literally beat the fuck out of them. And, and when I snapped out of it, I, I'm looking down at my friend realizing what just happened. And I, I like started crying. I'm like, bro, we, we gotta go. We gotta get you some water. We gotta get the fuck out of here. You know, and then at this point, fucking cops are showing up and I'm getting fucking tased again and piled into the ground by five fucking cops. One with his knee in my fucking head, one with his knee in the middle of my back. I got one on each arm, two on each of my legs. And then um, went to jail that night for, I think, three nights. Got bailed out by my brother. And um, then that that court case loomed over my head for for three years because it was it was going through like a plea process amending process all this bullshit and then um once once the judge made his decision on whatever he was fucking deciding um you know we took it to appeals court and that took another year so like i'm saying this this court case was over my head for three years and and when, you, when you're when you're getting told to fucking grow up and get a real job, but you know that's pending for you, you don't want to. Like you don't want to waste your time. Yeah. You you don't want to go get in the union or go get a hundred twenty thousand dollar paying fucking year job because in in twenty seventeen you know it's all going to be gone. Yeah. And and you don't want to put in all that fucking, I mean, it's not, it's lazy. I'll be honest. It's fucking a lazy man's excuse looking back at it. Um, and, and, um, not a just man, if that makes sense. Basically, like if you, if you read any Plato, I got Plato's Republic around here somewhere. Um, you know, to be a just man and an unjust man, you know, it was just, there was just a very unjust decision of me, you know, not a very grown up or mature decision and, um, put a lot of strain on my relationship with a uh, high school sweetheart. I was telling you about earlier. Um, yeah. and, uh, a lot of strain on my family as well as my own mental health. And then from there, we went to jail in 2017, uh, it was November 19th. 2017 and four days after my birthday and and my my life has not been the same since at all it's been very rough up and down because i've had to dissect who i am as a person who i am as a man who i want to be as a man who i was when I was with my high school sweetheart and, and really had to take an honest, detached, analytical, objective fucking stance with myself to be like, look, dude, who were you? Who do you want to be? You can't go back and fix anything, but you can change your behavior so you don't fucking do them again, you know? And then, uh, then got out, got out of jail, played a lot of chess, played a lot of cribbage, played a lot of spades, um, played a lot of solitaire, red, red, fuck, I don't know, 
20 some odd books and um, read Walden, um, Walden by Henry David Thoreau, one of my absolute favorite books ever. And let me tell you why. I remember late one night, here I am reading this book, kind of essentially just like searching for answers. Like, you still there? I got you, bro. No, you you, you um, use push button. <laughs> um, and and searching for purpose and whatnot, and like like fucking something watching over me. I don't know. My I'm reading this book, and I'll 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 never forget this quote. I actually quote it quite regularly. It was it was be afflicted not, my child for who shall assign unto thee what thou hast left undone and when i read that in fire it was probably 11 o'clock at night or something sitting in my fucking bunk cold alone no one else giving a fuck and i read that line and i fucking cried because it gave me my power back it made me realize you know what? Yeah, fuck everybody else. I don't. I don't care that that I'm just a, a drunk, toxic, emotionally abusive boyfriend in your eyes. I don't care that I'm just a childish, asshole, arrogant jock who's chasing a dead dream in your eyes. I don't care that you you say I don't have skills, applicable skills, communication skills, any work skills. I don't give a fuck because I know what I am and I know what I can do. And when I, oh man, that line gave me my power back and, and just really still to this day is the driving force to just, just keep going and, and find new things and, and be a good person and keep, keep finding new limits on what my brain can do as well as what I can learn, you know, and, and just, it's fantastic. It really is. So then yeah, that was kind of 2017 and tried football and boxing and then, you know, go to jail. Um, and you really just got to take a step back and analyze what got you there. And it was a lot of short temper, a lot of anger, a lot of self-worth. And I think that's why I played football was, was because when I was doing good things on the football field, I noticed my mom was proud of me. I noticed my mom genuinely smiled and, and was happy to call me her son. Um, and, and, you know, boxing, football, and the Marine Corps, what, what are tools that make you awesome in those fields? Quick violence of action to get the result you want. And sure enough, you know, I mean, that's exactly what landed me into jail. And, so I took a step back from sports completely after 2018. Didn't play football. Fuck, I didn't even go to the gym. Didn't yeah. box. That didn't. I didn't. I didn't want those um, synapses, those neurological connections of oh, Evans had a bad day. Let's go break shit. You know, like no, it's just solidifying those wirings and those seeds. You know, and then because that's who you are, it's going to trickle into your, your relationships, platonic or otherwise. And, and you can't have that. And I, I unfortunately delved into alcoholism rather hard. I was, I was drunk every single day from April 1st 
to January 23rd of 2019 and like obliterated, absolutely fucking obliterated, drunk. Um, not, not at all happy about that other than learning myself inside my head because it, it locked me in there and it caged me with, with my own beasts and and I was like, all right, who's going to win? Is it going to be that beast, that beast, that beast? Or is it going to be fucking me? It's going to be fucking me. That's Every right. Every you know? time. It's <laughs> like, who shall assign unto thee what thou hast left unfucking done? Me and only me, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Under fucking so, percent. So, yeah. And, I mean, I'm 23 months sober now. Thank God. Congratulations, Thank God. brother. That's huge, man. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, you know that's that's that was kind of 2017 in a nutshell sports wise for me i'm glad i'm glad we touched on that for 2017 yeah so. me too what's, the, what's next what's the next question next question i fucking do dummy whatever man whatever you want to talk about it's just your Shit. episode <laughs> I, mean, I so so um I don't know if any, if you're wondering or if anyone else listening is wondering like what the fuck I do now with my time since I'm not at the gym 17 hours a day, um, write a lot of music, write a lot of poetry, read a lot, read a lot of poetry. Um, and, um, really, really take a like, I try to take the seriousness that I've learned in football and the passion and the drive and and the lessons learned to overcome adversity through all of that and apply it to who I want to be now, you know? And and I'm in the mental game a lot. Like, hell, dude, I just – this is the jacket to uh, – no, actually, here. I'll show you. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe, my favorite poet. Boom. Got his complete works right here, man. Nice. This thing thick as hell. And it costs like seven bucks, dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And um, oh, I was talking about Plato earlier. Check this out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Essential dialogues of Plato, man. Like fucking A. Yeah. You can never go wrong with this stuff. Another one of my favorite poets is 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 Homer, who wrote Homer. the the Odyssey. Um yeah. Hell, I, I absolutely love love language, and if you can if you can use language artfully, like oh, I'm just captivated. Like whoa, say that again, you know? Yeah. And and I don't really video games. No time for video games. Yeah, you know, I mean I Me still do stuff. You know, yeah. I'll go. I love hiking. I love. I mean, hell, I still I got back into going to the gym within probably last year or so here um because i realized that yes it's it's healthy for me it's it's good for your mental health as well and your emotional health and your self-worth and self-esteem um and got back into doing that it was also just huge huge part of my identity growing up um you know but yeah play a lot of guitar i work a lot love working I think I've taken my energy that I put into all of those hours trying to be the best football player I could be in into working now you know i've hell i just spent my summer shoeing horses in wyoming i was telling you you know yeah, and exactly 
knew absolutely nothing about a horse foot. And then here I am at the end of the summer, able to shoe a horse in nine minutes. Amazing. Like fucking A. Who is Evan Van Clyde today? Today. Oh, wow. That's, uh, (laughs) you talk Uh, about Socrates, you talk about Homer, you talk about Plato, bro. I have a master's degree. Now, here we go. Let's go. (laughs) Who is Evan Van Clyde today? I don't know. I think I'm just some fucking heartbroken outlaw, to be honest with you. Um, that's, that's what we dig on the show. <laughs> you know, and how heartbroken outlaw fucking, it doesn't get more cowboy than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so I, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm an artist more than anything because I love building things. And hell, I mean, I built I built this one girl I was seeing. I don't know if I'm still seeing her. I haven't seen her in fucking three weeks. She might hate my fucking guts. Who knows? But um, I built her. I built her a butterfly house um, from scratch. I was looking around and uh, saw some saw some wood in the garage, you know. And it was after a conversation her and I had just had. Um, she said that you know she months xyz and a butterfly garden and i was like oh my mom built a butterfly house once way back in the day <gasps> ding 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 i'll fucking build this girl a fucking butterfly house so I, I had some wood fucking built it all up and um put a put a roof on it and then rather than just like leave it as the wood i shingled it with uh, cedar shims dude and stained them and then and then i put a capper <laughs> on it yeah um nobody knows what a what a kukla is but it's basically just a tiny steeplechase really that that like your storm chase would spin on um built her a fucking cube fucking that thing steeplechase that i capped on top of the fucking copper ridge cap on top of this roof i fucking put a metal roof awning over the front door, um, crackle painted the whole thing to make it look like an old fucking Victorian house. Like, oh, oh, love doing that stuff. You know, and hell, I just built a fucking gingerbread house last night. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, poetry, poetry's art. Reading, reading can be art if you're yeah. reading the stuff, you know, and music. I mean, you, you don't, you don't, even if you even if you suck at like i had some harmonicas over here i was going to demonstrate my shittiness on the harmonica um no let's demonstrate that fucking guitar dude i I see you i see you with that all the time i don't know if this thing's tuned it's not at all um um, here give me a second i'll tune i got you I got you. I got you. No, hey, if you I know. if I back out of this, will it? Will, will I still be able to pull it up? Pull yeah. it back up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You should minimize it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see here.
close enough. Um, another question for you. Um, if you pause the recording, will it fuck it up if you unpause it? Because I gotta go take a fucking leak. Go for it. All right, cool. Okay, I'm gonna pick. There it is. There we go. <laughs> um, I don't know what to play, man. Fuck, you're putting me on the spot right now. Rusty, Metallica. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. What song do I want to play? The only song I can think of to play off the top of my head right now. This town has been good to us. 
Not my best doing with that, but hey, you got the job done, I suppose. I think it definitely did. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Let me try. If you, if you got time. I got time, brother. I got nothing. I got nothing left for the evening. My evening's dedicated to this episode and you. <laughs> I appreciate that. 100%. You gotta remember how to play my own damn songs. Ships were wooden and were steel. 
kind of life we're Busted hands and a few bruised ribs. Mountain mornings and a clear blue sky. Lord knows I've never been more alive. Lord knows I've never been more alive. simple little wooden board jammer love it <laughs> awesome man god that was fucking awesome thank you you want to hear some poetry yeah. some poetry maybe? go ahead um, you sure man hey this i'll read this one poem it's kind of long but it's good it wasn't what i found reading but i looked over and saw my fucking journal so might as well All right uh, I recorded this one and sent it to a girl who who also doesn't talk to me anymore. <laughs> um, That's how it goes, brother. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just podcast, hit record, broadcast it. I don't Bingo. care. Let's do it. Exactly. Uh, November 25th, 1.35 a.m. Maybe one day, maybe one day you'll see one day you'll see that man, the man who's traveled his heart and soul as rigorously as he's traveled the roads. He's traveled far and wide, chasing sunsets in his mind, searching for answers that one can only find inside. Inside a lonely, tumultuous mind whose tide never ceases to erode its own cranial confines. Ever shaping and shifting the fabric of all previously conceived notions of reality, so that his heart and soul can see things in a new light. Maybe, maybe one day you'll see that man. The man who's so shattered and broken that when he walks by, you hear a piece of glass fall just as he takes a step toward you. He's a monster, he believes. His scars are visible through the way he carries himself. They're underneath the dirt and calluses of his gnarled bare paw of a hand. They're evident in the words he uses, in his voice and his candor, but mostly, you can see it in his eyes and the way he holds you. He's a broken mirror with all the cracks and shattered pieces of his choices and damning self-retribution. And he's walking your way. Maybe one day, maybe one day you'll see that man is me. He approaches to within inches of you, grabs you by the elbows and whispers, you have bewitched my soul. And I love, I love, I love you. And I wish from this day forth to never be parted from you. Warmth immediately fills your entire body from within. Your heart melts. You clasp your hands over your mouth as you try to hold back a squeal. You're dumbfounded and speechless as tears of overpowering happiness and joy begin to well up in your eyes. You reach out to touch his face in anticipation of a kiss, but he shudders and takes a step back with immense compassion on his countenance. He said with a voice that matched his compassion, I'm sorry, but if you touch me, you may cut yourself. My scars are for me to bear, not to share. I don't hide them because I present who I am, scars, 
happiness and all. And I see something in someone, someone in front of me who understands who I am. He continues, touch my skin, my scars, my story at your own free will in your own good time. You find yourself paralyzed, but watching your hand extend as if being pulled along on a string like a marionette, you touch his cheek. And as if it were meant to be, you didn't bleed. That, that one I'm really proud of. That one took, that one came from the fucking soul, dude. <laughs> like, no, I, I could hear it. I could hear it. <laughs> You know, I mean, it sounds like it's a culmination uh, or a summation of all, you know, kind of all your experiences that kind of, you know, built this foundation to kind of just, you know, just fucking pen to paper straight yeah. up, you know, like it's, it's such a good outlet. Um, if anyone out there is ever struggling with any, any mental or emotional health issues or just issues in general, you find yourself really fucking low, like, right get it out because you don't always have the opportunity to, to say something to someone, especially face to face because moments are so fleeting and so rare, you know, and, and rather than keep yourself up late at night, running things through your head about what you could have said to somebody, just write it down, just write it down, write it down. Hell, write them a letter. Don't ever send it to them, write a letter to them and burn it you know, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, super empowering stuff to be able to write and, and get your voice out. Cause I think a lot of people struggle with that. I know I did when I was growing up as an athlete, you know, like this, this has all been in me, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, Plato, like I've poetry, I've been attracted to it, allured to it. Um, since I was fucking young as shit, you know, but being the youngest, but the biggest of three brothers and, and doing what I can do on a football field and everything like that, it's hard to, to be comfortable bringing this out, you know, cause a lot of people, Oh, we fucking pussy, we fuck pansy, you know? And it's like, no, man, like, yeah. it's just, this is what I do, man. Fuck. You know, that's simple, man. Yeah. Um, I wish, I wish I did those songs better, but Hey, I fucking didn't warm up with shit. Um, Ooh, this poem, this, this poem, this poem's mean. Let's go. <laughs> it's good. If you make me believe in the magic of love, best also to know that is heaven above. So hell below. Mine wishes only to love and be loved, this time forgotten soul. For if you make me believe in the magic of love, you can burn in fucking hell, writhing at the heathen's feet with your silent kept intent to leave. Right, you're just yeah. like, well, like, well then, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay, right. <laughs> it's, I mean, but that's that. Uh, you know, what I mean, that's exactly the point. You know, what I mean, it's just that. 
you know, kind of what you said, people struggling with issues, you know, mental issues or any type, that, that type of stuff. The purpose of, you know, even having up this podcast is just to have an outlet, you know, so that way everyone yeah. can have their voice, their story, their experiences be told, right? Right. And kind of, you know, to, to your point about just writing, kind of your point about writing poetry, kind of, you know, expressing your emotions other ways, you know, maybe writing, if, if or even if you fucking hate your boss, man, like, you're like, you know, I want to fucking kill that motherfucker, you know, just type that in a fucking email, don't send it, delete that shit. Like you said, yeah. write a letter, burn it. You know, I mean, shit like that. You know, I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly the type of stuff that would, you know, I can personally resonate. That resonates with me. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, when you play the sport, you're, you're, you're this anger. There's anger yeah. inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's got to be. You know, you're angry at the world. You're angry at your circumstances. You're angry at your disposition. You're just angry. You sometimes you can't explain why, and you have to have that anger in order in order to even be to, to be on the field right and i think also kind of to your bigger point right i think it, it's it, the emotions of kind of being able to have self-expression and all different modalities of self-expression it's very hard to do that playing the sport yeah you know, guys like you know they'll see me with this glass or whatever like oh look, this guy is soft like all right you know what i mean but right. truth be told right you know it's just like that's i'm always gonna smile you know what i mean yeah. i'm always gonna you know what i mean because fuck i mean fuck fuck perception i mean at the exactly. end of the day yeah to your point you know what i mean i feel like this is how we're so interconnected it's just that we with the the kind of kind of when you had that that moment of realization in 2017 when you had reached your lowest point you realize that it doesn't matter what the outside perception is. You're going to fucking do you. Yeah. you know, so back to the question, who is Evan Van Clyde? Evan Van Clyde is a fucking badass warrior, poet, musician, innovator, entrepreneur, <laughs> fucking badass football player. You know what I mean? This is who Evan Van Clyde is. That was the heart of what I was getting at, you know? And it's just, that's, you know what I mean? There's, there's no reason to feel otherwise. There's no reason to... <laughs> You know, ever let outside noises or external noises cloud your own perception of self-worth and who you are. Exactly. Just like the quote says, who shall assign unto thee what thou hast left undone? Bingo. That's number one. Man. And, you know, I don't even care how much time has passed. You know, because this is, I've honestly just enjoyed, you know what I mean? I hope that, I hope you have too, you know what yeah. I mean? Because it's just like. It's like the first time we've like, like met, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. That's what, you know? That's what I'm fucking talking about too. You know, I mean, I think it's interesting because it's like I was talking to you know, kind of what we talked about. So my pro, you played your last year in 2018. I also played my last year in 2018. I haven't played in two years. You know, what I mean, okay. I mean, not 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 competitively. Like, I mean, I've been on the field conditioning. Like, you see that, but I'm not actually playing. I'm like just like get my arm loose, right? Yeah. But I think to the point, you know, I mean, it's it was never about like it was just me proving myself. I don't care what anyone says, right? At this point, you know, I'm I'm good. It's mm -hmm. just the connection, you know. What I mean, there's everyone yeah. has different backgrounds, different stories, and the point is to just unify that, you know, kind of find that that nice, nice golden thread between all that, and just find that connection and how we're all interrelated. Like you said, as humans, right. we go through heartbreak, we go through breakups, we go through all these fucking things that that that, that veer us off course, you know, because we always try to be the best version of ourselves, and involuntarily things just shit just pops up. You know, yeah. we all have our struggles, you know. Like but shit, I, I'm. Wyoming I only wanted to be in town for 12 weeks well my engine seizes up on my explorer freaking boss man from Wyoming tells me 
got into it was with, with his wife and his wife doesn't want me around next summer. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Fuck dude. Uh, you, know? you know, so my life just fucking another 180, just like it did back in April. Cause back in April, I was actually in the middle of, um, another pro arena season with, uh, uh, the Marauders, you know, them don't you? Yeah. Chris Matt. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. <laughs> I, uh, he talks I the actually, most shit about me, dude, that whole fucking team. But you know what? Not going to take away from their talent. So go ahead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then um, I I walk I didn't have to, but I I walked away from it. You know, I right. we were about to come up to our first game, but I'm like, I don't know, man. I just don't know if this football shit is really what I want to be doing anymore. And like in December last year, fucking walking on my girlfriend in bed with somebody else. You know, so uh, football football was an awesome outlet. You know, but right. it got it just got to a point where I'm like. I'm not angry about that anymore, yeah. you know, exactly. whatever her loss really, you know, like I'm going to go shoe horses in fucking Wyoming and do some cowboy shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, I think yeah. the big, the biggest thing is just like recognizing that, you know, football, like you said, you need to, and like, that's what, that's my point. Like where I feel like you're at a point of self-contentment, like you're content now, you know, with all the internal struggles you face to get to where you are today both on the field and off the field, you're at a point now where you're just, you're at peace. And, and, you know, to be at peace is, is some, is something which you can't put a price on. Right. Right. I don't care how much money you make. Like I said, $120,000 job that you could have had. Sorry. Takes effort. Takes effort. You know? Oh, peace will happen one day. No motherfucker. It takes effort. (laughs) Why do you have so many fucking books? You know, Dude, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's, I, I'm not sure if you can see it, but there's actually some books over there too. So it's like, you know, right, right, right where my trophy's on. There's like two books. One. Yeah, there's <laughs> two. You can see the little one, maybe, not really. It's fucking yeah. two books. <laughs> hey, hey, at least you got them up there. Yeah, you just got them up there. You know what I mean? But it's like to your point, it's just like you want to just like you said, reading or whatever gets you to peace. Like that's that that's mm-hmm. what it's about. Like I mean, I don't. You know, football, football is one thing. Football is, you know, just, everything's football, right? We wouldn't be talking if it wasn't football. But football is just one thing. Like, there's all these other things that yeah. people don't see behind the scenes. And, you know, I think that's kind of what, what the point of this is. You know what I mean? Just understanding, just appreciating all that. You know, just making sure it comes full circle. 100%. Right, yeah. I'm so well, worried, shit, dude. You got any other questions? What's up? Questions? No, let me think. Hmm. All right, all right. This is probably the most. This is the longest episode I think I've had. It's awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm the first talk- live performance we've had on the 81 podcast. That's pretty dope. <laughs> that shit's going up unedited. So fuck Evan if he doesn't like it. It's going up. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Oh, dude, I forgot to ask. Do you like wrestling at all? Like belts? Like- oh yeah, I saw you bust out your belt, dude. Because you talk about your buddy going to Stanford for wrestling. I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah. But then it's a different kind of wrestling. <laughs> it's like, it's actual wrestling, you know, but still, yeah. pro wrestling's not bad. Like, because I got to meet Kurt Angle a few weeks, like, like two few months ago. You might have already seen that on Facebook, but I was talking to him. I'm like, dude, this is fucking a trip, dude. I used to watch guy when I was a kid and blah, blah. And, you know, but he was like, he was also like, like a legitimate amateur and Olympic like wrestler. Oh, like, yeah, record- yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, and it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's cool because, like, you know, kind of what you talk about your struggle of becoming sober. He recently posted on his IG that he's been seven seven years sober because okay. I feel like there's something with athletes. It's like we need some vice. Sometimes sometimes you just need to either we turn we either turn to something like the bottle or the pills or fucking something. You know what I mean? 
Like, I had a fucking MRI done because I do. I mean, if someone as crazy as me playing special teams, I just, I go ahead first. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I have fucking these headaches every day now, you know? And, yeah. um, but, you know, luckily there's no damage. Thankfully, thankful for that. Yeah. But it's awesome, you know? But I just think, like, we turn to so many things to kind of help deal with the pain and we don't really have ways to express, like you said. Yeah. There's no, especially and, once you stop being an athlete because yeah. that, that is so much your outlet and you don't even realize it while you're in it you know and when when you know you you come to the threshold of what's next you know you gotta fucking you're sometimes lost you know so being being in the marine corps too you know um i don't know if you ever heard jocko jocko podcast yeah jocko is fucking awesome really is um and and he hit the nail on the head that you know veterans get out and they don't have a mission you know big time that's a big and point. and it, it's for real like man you're 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 this caged fucking dog that's just just wants to get out and kill you know yeah. that's that's what you've been trained to do for your purpose in the military you know i, I was infantry you know so like that's what you do that's what you do bro <laughs> yeah you know and then you you get out of the, the military and like well Hey man, are there any bad guys around we can go take care of? You're like, <laughs> exactly. no, there's not. You and know? you got fucking PTSD to deal with too. On top of that, <laughs> yeah. My- Fortunately, you don't. But I mean, the reason I'm saying because I have buddies who were infantry and they came back with PTSD because of all the shit they had to go through, and then transition to normal life. I mean, kind of to your point about alcoholism, it's just they have no other way to deal with the fucked mm. up shit that they had to go through. There's that. That's yeah. the point. There's what else do you do? So yeah, go ahead. You know what I mean? No, like that was pretty much what I was gonna say. You know, yeah. like, no matter how much I try to talk, no matter how much I try to do, it seemed like my my family, my friends, the closest people to me didn't didn't understand, and that that really fucking hurts. Right. Yeah. You know? And yeah, you kind of turn to the bottle because you can drink a bottle, and he's never gonna say anything to you. You know. Yeah. And then meanwhile you can have the dialogue in your own head um, a bit more honestly um, because that devil is going to say some shit that you don't (laughs) hear, you know, but, but yeah. Um, And, and, and I was going to say too, that, that, you know, like that passion, that drive, I was going to equate that essentially to an addiction. Football football for me was very much an addiction. Like I fucking loved it and could not get up of it every day. I was like, how can I be better? Better. You know, like, how can I sack more quarterbacks? How can I break more arms? You know, like yeah. shit like that. And and when you stop playing, you know, you're just kind of like, well, I have all this time and and no drive to do anything. Exactly. You know? dude. So then you just fucking start drinking or start smoking or both, you know, like <laughs> you know and and unfortunately a lot of times that that then becomes the mission you right. know because it's what you're just, just like a workout all day you're thinking about a workout you're like fuck i gotta get to the gym gotta fucking crank this iron well all day all you're thinking about is getting to this bottle oh man i'm gonna go to this store and get this beer because i saw it there the one day and that becomes the mission that becomes the purpose and right. it's you gotta, you gotta be aware of that. You gotta somehow consciously flip that switch and become aware of it, you know, and just be like, Hey, that's not what I want to do. That's not why I spent 30 years of my life being an athlete to go piss it away, 
you know? And so, yeah. You know, I think that's kind of, you know, a good way to just kind of, you know, segue into kind of just, you know, what purpose and drive, you know, how do you translate that when you're done playing? You know what I mean? I think that's, you know, kind of for me, obviously my career now in IT consulting, but also just like, you know, like you said, it's just like with COVID and shit, I was coaching last year and like, I don't even have co coaching. Mm-hmm. So I started this and, and this is good. Like, this is good because it's like, yeah. it's like, we can just have these fucking real time discussions that you don't get to see as a fan or just someone just, you know, on the surface, seeing a dude in pads fucking yeah. tearing shit up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's exactly the point. You know what I mean? Man, I remember, I can remember sometimes before the games, even sometimes after the games, you know, I, I was, I, I used to drive this fucking Mustang out of 98 Mustang GT. Ooh, yeah. Purring up. <laughs> loved it. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, you can hear me pulling in from the, like, entrance of the parking lot at the field you know and get there be get my pads out and whatnot shooting the shit with the teammates and the next thing you know all the all the little kids are climbing around my fucking mustang and whatnot and it's kind of cool you know because i i can remember when i was that young and i went to a few semi-pro games when i was super young um but, but even like, you know, going to the NFL games, you know, like if you can get down close to the sideline, you know, you're like, look at that massive human being. Like he's, God, I want to be like him, you know? Yeah. And, and if, if he's nice to you, you just love him that much more. And you remember that moment for life. Right. Where athlete who was a dickhead to you, you're just like, fuck you, dude. I don't fuck you and your team. I'm not a fan of you anymore. You know? hundred percent. So, I mean, I used to love it when these fucking little kids would be climbing all over my fucking car and stuff, you know. After the game, I'm late getting home because I got to corral these kids off my car, you know. And it was, it was just cool, you know. And what was really cool about the Blitz, um, I'm sure they did it at halftime, but we were always in the locker room and stuff. But after the games and stuff, man, it was it was just family time out there. Little kids got to run around and stuff like that. And, and – being i'm sure you get it being asked for your autograph is one of the coolest fucking feelings you know it's crazy man right but i mean you're you're right though like like to that little kid you're you're like this rocky statue you know what i mean right Right. and and they they don't know everything in your life that that got you to that point and and you know i think i think i think what you're doing is good bringing to light the things behind the scenes that that drives these athletes to be what they are because going back to music, right. Um, Eminem is one of my biggest influences. One of my fuck, I'm not going to call him a savior, but um, um, it just, just the fact that he was so transparent with his life in his music you know, like he, he's not, he's not singing about, he's not singing about fucking made up shit. No, he's singing about the shit in his head that's bothering him and it is making him do these pills and act this way. And then, and then he just recites the reaction in his life to all of it. And then says what he did, you know, all in like one song. And and is very real about the pain and the depression and, and all of that, if you really listen to him. And I can remember being 
in like fifth grade, middle school, just, just that feeling that I wasn't alone, that feeling someone else knew and understood just that, that a lot of times was enough for me to make it through another day. Um, So I think what you're doing with, you know, this podcast and bringing to light some of, some of the actual fabric and foundation and context that, that builds these athletes. Cause they, they don't all come from fucking Inverness out there near Palatine, you know? Yeah. They, they, but they also don't all come from the inner city on, you know, the wild, wild hunts. You know what I mean? Exactly, brother. <laughs> you know, some, some of them, some of us are just fucking, corn fred suburbanites you know and nothing wrong with that (laughs) right and and we we all got our own struggle and our own strife and our our own joy and happiness as well and you know i think those are all raw things that we should revel in rather than pretend aren't there exactly exactly yeah i totally agree man shit so well, you tell me now. What what's next for Evan, or what closing thoughts, or kind of what else, man? YouTube. Uh, you know? What's next for me is well, it looks like I'm gonna be staying in Illinois a lot longer than I want to. Um, yeah, I'll but, visit. <laughs> maybe. <wait. laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, um, no, Don't I might uh, I might move down to Georgia. I actually wrote a song about that too. That's pretty cool. Um, is somewhere because sub- suburbia i don't fit in with it i don't like it i don't like keeping up with the joneses you know yeah exactly i want, want some land i want my fucking truck and i want to be able to go shoot some deer when i'm done with work you know and like i'm my own and, and, and yeah. you won't have to and you want to get a fucking permit to go shoot the fucking deer and a permit to have the firearm to go on the yeah. range and a permit to park your fucking truck on the range yeah. to find the yeah. fucking deer and shoot the fucking deer <laughs> like fucking <heck. laughs> exactly like i want to walk down main street with a revolver on my hip and not get a citation you know what i mean you know it's funny it's funny and i don't mean to interrupt you but i was in georgia four years ago for my 26 because you know i'm both 30 I was there and I got to drive down. I got to be president Jimmy Carter and I drove down. Dudes are just, they just have it in the back pocket, dude. Like, you got your Glock. Like, fuck it. Like, uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, exactly. So, I'm, Why the same way, dude. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, gonna, I mean, really just, just what's next, you know, focused on um, long term. I want to start my own business, I want to build myself a house um for whoever decides to stick around long enough to marry me and have fucking kids with me you and me both both <laughs> fucking shit <laughs> yeah, that's that's why i got into roofing that's why i got into carpentry and right. i'm picking all my boss's brains on how they started the business you know and that's why i got into shoeing horses because i'm gonna have horses and i want to be able to shoe my own fucking horses you know what i mean yeah um i guess i guess that's what's next what's next is a lot of benevolence a lot of burying the old me and and seeing the light in who i want to be and every day making steps to be that man 
100%, you know? And it seems like you've already come to that realization. Now you're just putting that into, putting that, putting that realization in motion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know. Like I said a couple minutes ago, it takes effort. It takes a lot of, a lot of effort that people don't really want to admit that they have to do. Cause, yeah. Because we all think we're right, you know? We all <laughs> Um, so far is right yeah it's the ego you know um but yeah um i guess uh closing thoughts you know i i really want to close it with henry david thorough my dude just be afflicted not for who shall assign unto thee what thou hast left 100 percent principle into action and then action leads to results. And that's what we're seeing right now with Evan Van Clyde. So listeners, you know, you hope you enjoyed this episode. I truly did. Evan, really appreciate you being on the podcast, brother. You know, I really appreciate me and you, man. And we'll fucking, we got to do this again. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. virtual, and we got to do it one of these days fucking person. Because, you know, social media is great. I love seeing you of like the video shit. But it's like, dude, I got to hear that fucking, whatever the fuck you're strumming. Like, like in it's person, soul. dude. Got to hear the soul. You got to the soul. Exactly, dude. So shit. All right, man. All right, man. Take thanks for joining. Take care, man. Have a good night. (laughs) Thanks for having me. One hundred percent.